Our theme today is community. We had a, a big community event, camping at the beach. We have a community gathering right here. And you know, even in Scripture, Paul explains what Christian community, what a church, in fact, how a church should operate. And he does that by comparing it to arms and legs and feet. Listen up. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed, God has placed, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hands, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. So, with that said, there's a, it it seems like today we often think about a church community and C.S. Lewis describes it this way. It's like being part of of a, a secular group. We join, we pay our dues, we come to meetings, and then we even read the newsletter if we happen to have time. But with the Christian community, it isn't really like that. That isn't the model that Scripture is telling us today. Christ's model is that we are joined to his church in the same way that members of a physical body are joined to that body. The body then gives life to the members and the Members, in turn, are indispensable to the body. There was a pastor who went to visit one of his congregants who wasn't coming to church much, and he was worried about him. So he gets there. It's wintertime. It's really cold, and there's a big fire in the fireplace. The coal's burning. The pastor says, you know, please come. Please come be part of the community. I mean, it was like pleading to deaf ears. He couldn't, he would hear none of it. So the pastor got up, went over to the fireplace, took the the grate back, and took the tongs, and separated all of the coals so that none were touching each other. And then he just stepped back and waited. And within a few minutes, all the coals went out. And the man got the message. 
Now, Paul goes on to say that in any kind of church, there's some people that are good at different things and that we need it all. He says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. For each one given a spiritual gift that's to be used for the common good. Now you're sitting there thinking, yeah, right, what's my spiritual gift? How am I supposed to know what my spiritual gift is? Well, it'll be something you do well because Scripture tells that we're called to use it but we're also equipped to use it. It'll be something that stimulates you, that fulfills you. And whenever you do it, you'll feel like you're in the flow or that it's a good fit. Whatever it is, it might be helping others. It might be giving generously. could be interpreting the Bible. Whatever it is. It's a mistake when we devalue some gifts or place some gifts as higher than the others. Sometimes you'll hear someone say, well, I just like helping people. That's, that's the way I am. Yes, that's the way you are. That's a gift placed there by God to be used for the common good. Or someone will say, well, you know, I, I just have a mind for numbers. That's, that's why I like the finance team. I can't do something really special like teach a class or sing a solo. I just have a mind for numbers. That's a gift placed there by God to be used for the common good. When we begin to create a hierarchy of gifts and spotlight some as more valuable than others. That isn't the way Paul talks about it. We have a tendency to, to highlight the, the performance gifts, performance, like preaching, teaching, singing. And then we don't notice the, le the less public gifts, like giving, praying administration. How often do we ooh and ah about a well-run meeting, for example? We need all of these gifts in the church. And Paul tells us that they're all equal. You're thinking, yeah, mm-hmm, but it's kind of scary sometimes to step out there and do something. I don't know if the pastor will like it or maybe the council won't like it or maybe uh, someone will make fun of me. 
worse, I might even fail. I'm so sure that it'll be great, but I mean, what if it isn't? What am I going to do then? I think we have an invitation to be bold. And yeah, you might fail, but you'll learn something, and the community will learn something. And it's okay. I always like to say, if I don't fail at least once a year, then I haven't tried enough different things. When I get scared or nervous about about this kind of thing, about using gifts for the good of the community, I have a story that I always go back to. I've used this story as kind of, I think we all kind of have life stories, and this is one of mine. And it's a story uh, that it's done by Anthony DeMello, and he always places it in the context of master and disciple. The theme of the master's talk was life. He tells about a pilot who flies from China to Burma during World War II, carrying laborers to build jungle roads. The flight was long and boring, so the laborers would take to gambling to pass the time. Well, they didn't have any money, so they gambled with their lives. Whoever lost had to jump from the plane without a parachute. Oh, how horrible, said the disciples. And the master said, yes, but it made the game exciting. (laughs) And then later in the day, the master said to his disciples, you never live so fully as when you gamble with your lives. So we're challenged today to step out, use those gifts, even if you're fluttering inside. And then Paul has one, one last message. You know, you'll never have a, a, a church community um, to be vital. It's, it's the secret to a vital church is one where everyone is using the gifts that are placed there by God to be used for the common good. But there is one last thing that Paul goes into right away, immediately. He says, yeah, use those gifts. You know, we're all like one body, rah, rah. And then he has one last message. If I speak in human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. There was a a father who had five sons who were constantly quarreling. And he got really, really sick of the bickering. So he sent his sons out to bring him a bundle of sticks. So they went out, they brought it back, gave it to his father, and he handed it back to them, to the oldest son. And he said, break it. 
So he tries to break it. No way, he can't break the bundle. To the second son, third son, all the way, all five try. None of them can break the bundle of sticks. And then the father opens the bundle of sticks and hands each one a stick and says, now break it. And of course, each one, as easy as can be, breaks that stick. And he says, my sons, if you stand together, you will be as strong as that bundle of sticks. But if you're divided and pull at each other and don't support one another, you will break just like that twig. Let us pray. Lord God, give us the, the courage to use the gifts you've provided for us to step out. We thank you for making us a part of this church community. We thank you for the strength. And we thank you that we're like a living organism with each part central to the well-being of the whole. We thank you, Lord, for the love and the care that we find here and help us to be one of those lovers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.